Welcome to the Terrible Podcast with your host from SteelersDepot.com, where you can find all your latest and greatest Steelers news. It's Dave Bryan and Alex Kazora, always lit, talking Steelers. And now, here's Dave and Alex. Welcome to the Terrible Podcast, another special edition of the Terrible Podcast, Pittsburgh Steeders Training Camp 2023. I am Dave Bryan from SteedersDepot.com. It is August the 16th. It is approximately 7.15. The Pittsburgh Steeders had their 15th training camp practice of 2023 on Wednesday afternoon. This is the 14th special edition ep- ep- episode of the podcast covering that. And that means uh, back with me once again uh, on this fine Wednesday evening is one Alex Kazora. Alex, happy Wednesday night. One more trip out to Latrobe on your schedule now. For sure. Um, you know, it's gone by pretty fast overall. Um, you know, decent day at camp. I think it was a little bit sloppier. Maybe the offense getting a little worn down here, but still plenty for us to discuss. There certainly is. And we'll start before we discuss that by shouting out Lynn Testa, uh, sponsoring, uh, once again, the uh, special editions of the Terrible Podcast and his company, Touring Plans. So tell them all about Touring Plans once again, Alex. For sure, you guys have heard us talk about them at the top of every special edition of the podcast, and it's at the top of the the camp notes there with the link to their website. But if you're planning a trip to Disney, want to have the best experience, and maybe it's your first time going with the family or you know something like that, you want to reach out to Touring Plans for uh, coverage on their trip planner tool to show show you the least crowded park to visit every day. Customized touring plans for visiting Disney's best rides, honest restaurant reviews, how to save on Disney tickets, the best hotel rooms, and so much more. You can go to the website touringplans.com. Follow them on Twitter at Touring Plans. We thank them and Lentesta for spearheading Yet again, another year of partnering with them for our training camp coverage. Uh, absolutely. All right. Uh, this is the portion where we get into the uh, kind of the housekeeping of the day. I don't believe there was it, there were any uh, uh, transactions earlier in the day, but uh, we do have some health updates uh, or at least participation updates to offer these folks tonight. Yeah, knock on wood, the team's in pretty good shape for being at the very end of training camp only Two players did not go through stretch line today, and that was Nate Herbig with the shoulder, Larry Ogunjobi with his right foot injury. He remains in a boot, um, but Herbig seems minor, and Tomlin does not seem publicly to be too concerned about Ogunjobi, Trey Norwood, Nick Kwiatkowski, Keanu Benton, all working in individual sessions, and so Norwood and Kwiatkowski have graduated. That's good for them. I'm hoping Benton can get to team periods tomorrow. That'd be a good sign for him to be able to play on Saturday. And all the newcomers, Levert Hill, Neville Clark, Xavier Valade worked in full today. I would also really call Joey Porter Jr. completely full after being sort of managed a bit uh, yesterday. All right, that's good news. Uh, trending in the right direction. And Mike Tomlin will meet the media on Thursday a little bit before noon. We just got word, so we'll see 
uh, I mean, we're probably not going to get a ton of stuff other than maybe, you know, uh, play it by ear, you know, uh, kind of maybe a loose plan as far as the quarterbacks go. And then I imagine we'll get hit with the old uh, uh, everybody that's healthy uh, will be available to play and those uh, others that they'll, they'll leave the light on. So there's your Tomlin press conference <laughs> uh, for, for uh, now, nah, but whatever he does say, we'll obviously be recapping on the site and, 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 and Friday morning on that edition of the terrible podcast here. All right. Uh, with all that out of the way, that's uh, and they were back in pads again today, I believe you said, right? Mm-hmm. And they might be tomorrow. I think technically you can go three straight days. So we'll see what tomorrow brings, but I'm not going to rule that out. All right. Let's start uh, with the quarterbacks and uh, didn't, didn't seem like they had a, a top to bottom brilliant day. Now I, I understand they did win the seven shots uh, once again, and that was another uh, uh, incident where Mike Tomlin brought the starters back out there because they were tied three, three. And I think uh, Pickett hit Pickens. If I, if, if I remember mm-hmm. uh, correctly on a quick slant in front of Peterson. Uh, but uh, talk about the, you know, from, from the seven shots on talk a little bit about the, uh, the quarterback play. They did win seven shots, although three of those were rushing touchdowns. So the quarterbacks didn't do much until that final rep, a uh, nice slant by Pickens from Pickett. We've had a lot of song references in our podcast recently, Dave, so mm. I'll continue with that. A little under pressure, David mm. Bowie. Uh, I think the quarterbacks under siege quite a bit today. There were a couple sloppy sessions where blitzes were missed and you know, guys, uh, defense linemen, beat offensive linemen, quarterbacks were tucking and running quite a bit. Kind of reminded me of the first couple days of camp when it was kind of a similar story. A lot of broken, busted plays, You know, not, nothing available downfield. Not, not as much procedural in terms of bad snaps or false starts but just no one getting open and pressure forcing quarterbacks to bail. So I wouldn't say it was a great day for anybody. Um, You know, Rudolph did have a really nice throw on a wide cross to Connor Hayward for, I forget how many yards, 20 or so yards. That was a good play. Pickett, I thought, threw the ball with some good velocity over the middle, but the quarterbacks were kind of scrambling all day long. How how much work since since they came back from uh, the game has Tanner Morgan got? He's not gotten a single day of reps and team period, and they haven't really had a a kind of a rest day, though. Um, Usually those are kind of Sundays, and they haven't had that that such practice yet. So I don't know if that's just kind of the schedule working against him. I don't think it's really an indictment against Morgan, although he didn't play well enough to earn any sort of longer look in that opener. But I think they just really haven't had the opportunity to give him uh, extra reps. You think he mops up the game, maybe a series or two uh, Saturday night, if you had to guess? I don't know. If he doesn't work in team all week, how do you put a guy who hasn't practiced essentially out there on the field? You kind of saw what happened with limited reps in that opener. I think he was overwhelmed and probably not put in position to succeed. So, I mean, I I can't rule out him getting maybe late fourth quarter, but you assume the starters will play more. I, it would seem unwise to play Morgan if you're not going to play him in practice. What was Kenny Pickett's best deep deep throw of the day? Did he have a deep throw today? I don't know if he threw one deep. I'd have to check my notes on that. What was was... Kenny Pickett's best throw of the day then? I think in that final session, the working high red zone, it wasn't super contested, but just a good, you know, top of your drop in rhythm throw to Deontay Johnson on a dig. And he got some yak 21 yard gain on that. I I don't know for sure if I'll say that was the best throw, but it was one that kind of sticks out to me when you ask the question. All right. Uh, let's see. We'll move on from the quarterback position. Talk about the running back position and uh, Xavier Valade. Did you get a, a any 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 better look at him uh, today? 
Yeah, I mean, he worked in team. He didn't yesterday. I mean, there were a couple of decent runs in that team period. He's got some size and a little bit of tough run in inside mentality. I thought, speaking of that, Anthony McFarland has had a couple tough runs in those run sessions. That was yesterday and today. And although I think he's had a good camp overall, I really hadn't seen it from the run between the tackles variety. It was kind of us talking more about him as a receiver and out in space. And you saw in the, the opener there kind of bouncing away from the design of the run to gain the edge and use his speed to the corner. Uh, today, you kind of saw some tougher runs inside, some vertical cuts. And yesterday, saw one good sideline run where he didn't duck out of bounds and put his shoulder down and got what he could. So um, just nice to see that from McFarland talking about him between the tackles, using kind of more power than the calling card that is his speed. Good good day for Jalen Warren. Yeah, I thought it was good. Uh, he scored on his two carries and seven shots. They weren't necessarily tremendously difficult attempts but they were well blocked and he got the ball in the end zone that's all that matters uh one other note on greg bell i've talked about him occasionally i see some burst he had a really good juke move on nick herbig today in that run period and so he's a guy with some speed to win the edge at a 14 yard run i think he can catch a little bit i don't know what he does on special teams still trying to learn that i don't think his value there is tremendously high but he's a guy with some running back town to maybe try to stick around all righty. Uh, let's see. How about some tight end news today? How about that catch by uh, Darnell Washington, mm-hmm. one-handed one in in I guess the drill portion there on the on on the on the on the fades. Yeah, I saw the video that I that I tweeted out that moment just to kind of see some of the the crazy plays he's capable of making. That's kind of my note there. Just the catch radius for Darnell Washington. Tight ends really weren't involved. They've kind of been a little bit more on the quiet side the last couple of days. Rodney Williams did end the practice today with a nice touchdown catch over the middle, I believe, from Trubisky uh, between a couple of defenders. So that was positive. But certainly seeing Darnell Washington be more involved in this offense, used a bit more vertically. And you see those moments like that one-handed catch. He had that at the combine. People, I'm sure, remember that. That kind of remind you this guy, you know, at his best has a just insane, unstoppable catch radius. We haven't talked too much about Zach Gentry. What uh, kind of camp is he having? It seems fine. It's been really quiet, though. He was targeted, I think, once today, and it was barely even classified as a target. Trubisky kind of just chucking the ball out of the back of the end zone, Gentry in the area. So, I mean, he's been a check down guy. That's about it. He's probably not caught caught a pass air yards more than seven yards downfield. Okay. Uh, Let's see. Where to now? How about the wide receivers today? Uh, what do I have here on the wide receivers? Cody White had that really strong start. It's kind of maybe tailed off a little bit. Not been bad, just not been as notable. I think it was one play. It was pretty well contested by James Pierre, but I would put this down as a as a drop for Cody White. And so I just don't see the the juice to get him to the 53. Same situation with Akeem Butler. Just too many quiet days. I don't see any real big standout trait overall. Uh, Deontay Johnson continues to be rock solid. George Pickens with a great one-handed grab and 1v1 over Pierre. Um, that kind of sums up the receivers. And, and, and Des Fitzpatrick's a guy that that has really good change of direction, good athlete, nice route runner. He's a guy I think that should deserve to stick around on the practice squad if he has a, a couple of good showings in his final two preseason games. We know about Miles Boykin, the uh, the special team. Or what about Miles Boykin, the wide receiver, as far as camp goes? It's pretty blah. He's got, you know, decent hands. I mean, he can extend away from his body. He's dropped a couple. Um, doesn't really separate a lot. You know, as a route runner, he's pretty, you know, he's a bigger guy. Not going to be able to drop his hips too much. Kind of more of a contested type of dude. He's he's just, he's going to be a special teamer. I mean, that's, that's his calling card in the NFL. All right. Uh, how about the offensive line? And uh, you had an interesting nugget in your notes there that 
maybe Spencer Anderson is uh, getting that number number two right tackle spot. He's getting a look at it at least. And I'd mentioned this yesterday, but one day I always want to be careful making those conclusions because you never know what they might have planned for one particular day. But yeah, back-to-back days, I don't want to say it was 100% of the right tackle reps with, with the twos, but really close for Anderson working over Clark. He was basically Clark was third string left tackle primarily today. Now Anderson continued to get work at center. He's basically third string center, second team right tackle the last couple of days. But, you know, I'm seeing Clark who's, you know, been as expected. And that's just, you know, veteran guy that lacks the foot speed to win the edge and just really doesn't excite you in any sort of way. Um, probably losing out on that role to somebody like a Spencer Anderson. You think they've seen an, uh, it's going to be, once again, it's going to be interesting to see a, how many spots he plays Saturday night and, and what those spots are. You know, we talked about, will he see some left tackle? Will he see some center? Uh, obviously he's, you know, coming out of uh, college. I think, you know, most of his experience is on that right side of the line. I wonder if they feel comfortable enough. It's just, it's going to be something that we're going to chart for sure. He's probably going to get a lot of burn in that game. Uh, Kendrick green still running second team center. You talked, uh, at least uh, earlier that uh, seemed to have, you know, some uh, good, maybe a good practice or, or, or two since the game uh, in any notes on him or anybody else, uh, you know, on, on the interior portion. Yeah. He still looks good in one V one green does. And I think his punch has been better. I think he's been more aggressive. He had a couple wins. I was on, I think Jonathan Marshall, I want to say, and he did have three straight wins on James and Waya. I know Waya is a rookie and small school kid and, you know, kind of almost a 90th, 90th man on the roster right now. So it's not anything too much to write home about, but we'll take any positive progress and news with Kendrick Green. So we'll see how it looks. I just get the sense he feels a bit more comfortable. Will that translate in a game? So far, it basically never has. And again, I think guys that attack his edges, he struggles a lot more. Uh, from what I've seen in, in, in practice, but you know, with her big out, Anderson is getting time, but green is still getting a lot of reps at center. Does Kevin Dotson still look a little banged up? Yeah. I mean, he's got that wrap on his right shoulder. He's got, it's this green band. It's what the Kwiatowski has right now after he hurt his shoulders. So there's something going on with him. He may, he's, you know, fought through it. He's not missing time, but I can tell he's probably not a hundred percent healthy or anything that close to it right now. And what about a guy you, I think you did a film room on uh cook Dil- Dylan cook. Yeah, he's had good days in 1v1. I just wish he would be able to play up a little bit, get some even in the O-line, D-line. He just goes against Toby and Dukeway every day, and it's like, okay, we get it. He can beat Toby and Dukeway. Can I just see him <laughs> against the Marcus Golden or Herbig just once just to kind of – I think he went against Herbig before, but you kind of get my point. Um, but I think Cook is practice square material. And I got to give a shout-out to, to uh, Dan Moore because I think he's had a couple – really two weeks of good practices, probably a bit shaky early before the pads came on, which is maybe typical for offensive linemen, just not their natural world they're they're living in, their ecosystem. But I think Moore has been really steady, really consistent. And he's gotten, in my notes, I, I made mention of this, I would say 95% of the first team left tackle reps. The other 5% have been first team right tackle when a core forward get uh, the occasional subbed out or a day off or half day, whatever the case is. So um, I think Jones, Broderick Jones has been overall you know, good and, and getting better and available. But to me, Dan Moore continues to be the favorite to the, to be that left tackle uh, Manning pickets blindside come week one. What about the three uh, starters uh, in, in interior? Say, say Amalu, uh, Mason Cole and uh, James Daniels. 
Daniels has had a couple of rough sessions in 1v1. Today, Montrevis Adams beat him on, on back-to-back reps, but I'm still not concerned overall unless things look bad in a game for James Daniels. Um, he really kind of adheres to those Meyer principles well, and I think maybe the D-linemen kind of know you know how to beat the system. And so, again, I think you kind of see that a bit more later in camp. But yeah, St. Marlowe's been really good. Uh, him and Hayward have had fun battles. You saw Hayward try to uh, bull to rip say malu in 1v1 and say malu stopped it and then you kind of know when cam's pissed because he went long arm and just walked say malu mm-hmm. back those have been fun battles and mason cole can had some snapping issues early on i think hayward beat him once in uh pass uh pass rush pass protection today in, in, in team period but overall you know those guys have been healthy available knock on what the o-line in general basically have had basically no injuries which is their 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 string of incredible luck continues you're almost worried when it's going to run out and when they're going to have an injury there but They've been uh, working hard and, and and very available. What about some of those backups that we don't talk much about? Ryan McCollum, uh, uh, William Dunkel, uh, a couple of those guys inside there. Which uh, any of them? You th- you know both of them, Dunkel and McCollum, obviously were on the practice squad last year. Do, does it feel like one or both of those guys are going to end up back there again, or or could there be better options on the outside? I think Pittsburgh will explore. I think, you know, McCollum can play center in both guard spots. That gives him a bit more versatility. He's he's kind of a scrapper. He's a fighter, you know, limited athlete, decent technician, but nothing that I thought he might be this summer. Dunkel is strong and he can anchor. He had two really good reps on Braden Fahoka when we'll one v one today about being able to sit and drop his weight and, and stall out some bull rushes, but He's top heavy. He's not a pass protector. He gets beat by, you know, speed and finesse moves and, and those type of things very easily. And he's not somebody in space. So, you know, if they want a road grader, then yeah, I guess they can keep Dunkel around. But, you know, he's not somebody that's going to threaten for a spot. Uh, defensive line. Is this uh Braden Fahoko week? Yeah, and that team run period, I mean, that is his MO. I know he talked about that today, had the funny comment about basically dreaming and, and before he goes to bed each night talking to the inside backers about run defense, which is just such a football dude kind of conversation to have. But yeah, he had a great uh, stuff on Greg Bell and run period today. Mike Tomlin fired up. I know, and I'm still going to have to think about it some. I, I'm a broken record when it comes to the depth of this D-line room, but I just have a feeling they're going to keep Bahoko because they want run defenders. And if somebody goes down, you at least want guys that are backups that can stuff the run. Remember back in, what was it, 2021, they lose a bunch of guys and nobody can stop the run. Of course, you need pass rush, but as long as TJ Watt's healthy, you're going to get some form of pass rush. And so can you just get guys that stop the run when it's December and you're playing Baltimore Week 18 for probably a playoff-implicated type of contest and you just need guys who can stop the dang run? Bahoko is that dude. He's a great interview too. I didn't realize how great of an interview until uh, he was on the, you know, the post-practice Steelers live edition today. He really is a great interview. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's uh, fun to talk to. Yeah. Louder milk got, got some first team reps, right? Yeah. Uh, more so than yesterday. And typically he's more of a right side of the line type of dude with Ogan Joby being out. I was still seeing in, in nickel to be fair. It wasn't their base three, four, but Ogan Joby getting, or excuse me, a lot of getting a lot of first team reps opposite of Cam Hayward as that, that lefty tackle spot. So I, I think he's refined his game more. I know his rookie year, he's trying all these cross chops and spins and all these moves that are not his game. He's kind of gone more bull and rip might rely on that rip a little bit too much, but it certainly works better than the moves he's tried in the past. So I think he's kind of focused his pass rush game. Still never going to be a tremendous asset of his, but I think it's better. He's just a more refined guy overall. And we'll keep watching the, this battle up front. Armin Watts, I think is probably a better pass rusher, a better hand use. 
still got to work on his coordination. He kind of will lose balance and fall forward and probably on the ground a bit more than what you want. So those are kind of the pros and cons of each guy. All right, let's move on to inside linebacker. All Quan Alexander does is blow up the runs, I guess, right? Yeah, he loves the run. I mean, he's just attacking. He's downhill in seven shots. First play forces Najee Harris to bounce left, and that one gets stopped and strings out a run later in run period. And Demonte Casey finishes finishes it off. And so, I mean, yeah, all those guys that really think plays the run well, him, Landon Roberts, Mark Robinson, Cole Holcomb, you got some guys that, that are willing to attack downhill. You feeling better about that inside linebacker room than you did when uh, camp started? I do, but I know it is just camp, and we'll see. You know, the 49ers run game will be a very good litmus mm-hmm. test in week one. So talk to me on the, you know, a couple of days after that that first game, and I'll, I'll tell you my feelings then. All right. Uh, outside linebacker, what's going on there? Um, Marcus Golden back full. I don't know if I mentioned that, but he was back full. So whatever ailment or just stay off it was yesterday, he's all good there. Um, you know, Herbig, he can be a little out of control at the top, uh, whenever he's trying to corner as a pass rusher, just trying to work on balance and bend a little bit more, but obviously it's still, uh, something that works in his favor most of the time. David Prowlis, I saw a bit of from him in a O-line D-line today, getting leveraging or leveraging under Spencer Anderson on one rep and then nice hesitation outside fake inside move to beat Anderson on the following rep. So a little bit there from him. Saw less from O'Shea today and really didn't see much of uh, uh, Toby and Dukeway in team. So I'll keep an eye on that for tomorrow's final practice. But again, that group has been, you know, generally kind of lumped together behind the top four. Assuming they keep five inside linebackers and the four, the top four, you know, including Robinson, uh, uh, you know, are include, included in there. Obviously, Kwiatkowski's been battling through that shoulder injury, but you have you had a uh, enough of uh, a time to to decide between, say, Tanner Muse and Kwiatkowski. Um, my gut has always brought me to Muse or kind of being a younger and maybe probably more athletic and just kind of more of um. I don't know, better resume as a special teamer, I guess. I thought Muse had one good run stuff today on, might have been Greg Bell for about no gain or a short loss. Um, so that, that battle will continue, but Muse being healthy, being younger, being probably a bit better athlete, the former safety that he is, I'll still give the the edge there to Tanner Muse. All right. Uh, how about what's going on uh, at, at the cornerback position? You know, especially, man, you got some uh, new guys on the back end of that thing. Yeah, they got some reps today. Hill was getting a lot of burn in the slot, especially in some of those 1v1 covers drills and, and Clark as well. Clark's got some size and, and some length that can be an asset to him. Uh, I thought Luke Barku in that run period was better. We talked about the missed tackle and kind of the, the, the frame that he has and the skill set's never been great against the run, but I thought he was showing more of a willingness to, to be downhill and, and stick his nose in there today. So that's encouraging. And James Pierre, I should have put this in my report for my camp summary, but I'll talk about it when I do camp grades and recap in a couple of days. You know, he's a guy that I think just technically the coach is always kind of getting on him for his punch and just always, you know, he's talented and he makes some plays and he can have some really impressive wild moments, but he just seems so up and down, so inconsistent. I think the coaches probably get frustrated by him some because he is so far into his career. He's not a rookie or second year guy anymore. So it's just a guy that just can't put it all together. With Barku, real quick, since since camp got underway, it see, I mean, has has you know, it, we saw the want to in that game, you know, uh, on 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 Friday night. There has the want to been there all camp when it comes to sticking the face in the fan and coming up. 
Yeah, I, I don't think it's an issue of one two. He's just a bit lankier, a bit skinnier. He's what, like six one? I don't know. What was his weight coming out? It's hard to say what weights are today, yeah. but even was it one eighty? Is that I know he's listed he's listed by the team at one eighty. I'll have to go look go back and uh yeah, one seventy five, but that was in twenty twenty. Well, right. Yeah, I don't know, it's twenty twenty weird year. Um but he's he's a lankier dude and he's a former wide receiver with with the ball skills is kind of what's attractive about him. So the one two is there. It just, you know, as you said, technically missing the tackle in the game, can you keep your head up and can you just wrap up and finish and just be strong enough? Those are probably his biggest barriers as a tackler and run defender. Who has had of, of the of of the cornerbacks? Who has had the most complete camp? Is that Levi Wallace? That's a really good question. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm gonna give Wallace. We a don't shout talk out. about him much, right? You know, overall, I guess. I mean, it's kind of an understood. I think at this point, he's gonna make the roster. But I mean, who mm-hmm. has been the most consistent? You know, and, and especially in coverage. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think. I mean, I think Peterson's been you know generally fine. But just because he's been available every single day, worked every single practice Wallace has, um, I'll go with Levi Wallace. And Pierre, probably the most inconsistent, <laughs> I, I would guess. Who has been the most consistent of the slot? Well, you're down to really, I mean, I, I guess two. you got th- three, but you really essentially had two. Um, I think Shannon Sullivan continues to work first team, whatever that means. So... I mean, those are the two. It's Sullivan and Elijah Riley. I think both have been good. I've kind of, I, I, I've laid out, you know, where who they are. You know, Sullivan more experienced in the slot, probably better cover guy than Riley. Riley, that safety background, safety body, downhill physical. That's his game. So they're just different styles. It's kind of hard to compare the two. I mean, there's a chance. I mean, there's a chance they keep both of them, right? Sure, there's a chance. That would almost certainly mean keeping six cornerbacks though, which is possible, but that that's probably what it would take. Okay. What about the, uh, the safety position, getting those healthy bodies back and uh, doing the, some three safety looks and getting some, some mix, mix some matching out there. Yeah. That's just kind of my general note. Continue to, to work that big nickel three safety package, both against 12 personnel, which is typically when you see it and even against some 11 personnel. So could we see some times in, in the regular season where they're facing 11 personnel and don't have a true slot corner on the field and it's Neil and Casey and Minka that's possible. So I think that an inside linebacker, I should mention that just the, the rotation there, they've really had a heavy, heavy rotation Dave the last week or so on Holcomb, Alexander, um, Robinson and Roberts. I mean, they have all been working and mi- made mixing and matching. It's it's kind of felt like there's not even been a true starting or starter or starting pair. It's kind of been they've all filtered in. So there's been a lot of rotations there. And with the group getting healthy at safety, you've seen a lot of rotations with those top three. We haven't done a lot of talking about Kenny Robinson uh, since right before the preseason game. Yeah, I mean, I would say it's been quieter. I mean, he made a couple of those plays downfield. The interceptions can be kind of fickle. They might come in bunches, and then you get nothing for a week based on quarterbacks not throwing the ball in your airspace. So, obviously, he's lost some reps with the group getting healthier. But uh, he's a, you know, I think he's had a good camp overall. And Norwood obviously been sidelined. Who, 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 who's the number five? Assuming you classify, I mean, my Miles my, Killebrew is there in in, in position listing, but. Uh, view him more of a ace, special teams ace than anything. Who who's who's number five? I mean, it's that. Well, you said wait. You have Killebrew as number four in this scenario. Well, yeah, uh, I have him in, in the group. So okay. I mean, la- label this last guy either four or five. 
Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's still a battle to me between Norwood and, and Robinson. Now, Robinson's been healthy and available, and that's going to help him as Norwood's uh, missed a couple days. But I think it's a battle that probably goes until the very end. I mean, Norwood's got to get, get some playing time in the preseason, you know, doesn't he? Yeah, sure. He's fighting for a spot. I, 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 you know, hopefully he can work in team tomorrow and then play in this Bills game. If he can't and he doesn't play against Buffalo, then that's certainly going to impact his chances. All right. Uh, let's see. Anything to report about the specialist or are you expecting to see some Anthony McFarland back there on kick returns in this game? Sure. I think he might be back there, although I think this game you're going to get a pretty heavy dose of Austin and Olszewski. If they don't, I mean, I don't know what they're doing if they don't, because this guy's got to get evaluated, Austin especially. So I think that first game was more about the backups. Yeah, McFarland may get, you know, some reps back there, but I think we'll see a lot of Olszewski and Austin returning in this one. All righty. Uh, and anything with the punters today or anything with the field goal kickers or anything? Boz, Boz doing all right? Yeah, he's good. They they didn't punt today. They had field goals. Um, you know, without the refs and my angle, it's hard to tell what's good and no good. But you know, Boz certainly has a bigger leg than than BT Potter. Not that they're really competing for jobs. And again, the backup specialists work with the backup specialists. So Sunahara, Man, um, Potter, and then it's Kuntz and Harvin and Boswell working together as their their trio. All right. So your money's still on all the chalk there uh, when it comes to the specialists, right? Yeah, as we sit here today, now one in-game performance could change things, but as I sit here today, I think it's going to be the same group as last year. All right, let's go back to, uh, did they do two-minute today? Uh, no, they did red zone work to close out practice. Uh, how did that go? Oh, good. Kenny Pickett hit Deontay for a 21-yard gain on the first play, and then Najee Harris scored a four-yard touchdown on the second play. Then they came out, and then Trubisky came in, and that went a little bit more work, but ended in a Rodney Williams 11-yard touchdown. He's silently had a, a a pretty good camp, hasn't he? He's found a nose for the end zone. I I don't know where he's at as a blocker. Probably not where he, he needs it to be. And just with how deep that tight end room is, he's kind of gotten squeezed out. But yeah, I mean, he's uh, he's athletic. He's made some plays. All right, let's go back to what one thing we were doing at the start of camp. What was the best thing you saw all day, Alex Kazora? Trying to think because it was a sloppier day overall and so maybe maybe weren't things sticking out as much to watch Washington make that one-handed grab even if it was on air just to kind of see that that radius um was really impressive beyond that best thing I saw today I don't know for sure in terms of best thing I saw today but I'll I'll go with the uh Darnell Washington making that great one-handed grab just as a a taste of what he can do all right what are the crowds looking out look looking like out, out there at this this stage of camp yeah, yesterday, today, it's been thinner overall. Um, you know, I would expect that midweek and kind of camp being almost over. So basically anyone who wanted to be at camp was at camp. But I think overall, the crowds have been excellent this year. Um, really, probably record turnout numbers. You get a lot of people come by and say hi to you? Oh, yeah. I've had some people come up usually, you know, once or twice a day. Uh, our friend uh, Ken and, and, and Carol uh, said hello to them uh, before and after practice. So nice to see them again. So, yeah, it's been, you know, thank you for all the support. And people have been awesome and very kind and very respectful of my time. And I really appreciate that. So it's always good to uh, see some fans of the site. All right. We appreciate your hard work as well, too. All right. You got anything else to add before we start uh, getting out of here? Got one more of these, Alex. One more. 
Yeah, one more to go. Uh, be exciting for tomorrow. See if they're in pads, but we'll come back and do it again on Thursday. All right. So with that, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Steeders Depot. Follow Alex at Alex underscore Kazora. Follow the show at Terrible Podcast. Email the show, theterriblepodcast at gmail.com. If you like what we do and want to donate to the cause, SteedersDepot.com. Hit the donate button. Also, if you want an ad-free version of the site, SteedersDepot.com. Upper right uh, corner navigational bar, you'll see the uh, ad-free uh, button there as well too but once again mike tomlin has a press conference uh thursday morning we'll have all the coverage of that on steedersdepot.com alex and i'll be back tomorrow night with the final special edition of the terrible podcast for training camp and then that obviously will be followed up uh, by friday morning regular edition of the terrible podcast where we'll get hard and heavy into kind of preview of what you'll go over what mike tomlin said and preview it hard hard and heavy uh the uh, uh saturday night preseason game against the buffalo bills so so uh, with that, as always, thanks for listening to the Terrible Podcast, another special edition of the Terrible Podcast, Pittsburgh Cedars Training Camp 2023 with Dave and Alex.